to say uh, good morning to all of you who are here. And uh, we've got a few people here. I want to say that. It's really great to see some folks that uh, came out. And uh, let me just go ahead and announce to you that uh, we're going to be really revving things up two weeks from today. Uh, this uh, next Sunday will be only for our volunteers. Let me just make you hear that plainly. Just for our volunteers. We uh, got to get our sea legs under us because we've not done this for a while. But then the following Sunday, the third Sunday of the month, uh, we're going to be meeting together at 9.15. And we cannot wait for you to be here. Um, I don't know about you, but I want to confess, if I can, just for a moment, be very transparent. I'm, I'm tired and, and I'm weary. Um, pick it. I, I, I'm tired of, of the COVID situation. And I'm, I'm like you, I pray for a vaccine and I pray that we could get something to prevent the disease, heal the disease. <clears throat> I'm brokenhearted, just brokenhearted and weary of the racial strife in our country. And I, I want us to do all that we can. And I want to be one of the ones that leads the charge to, to bring racial healing and racial reconciliation to this country. We desperately need it because we do have an issue and we need to face it and we need to lead the charge because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. I, I'm weary of hearing about people who have lost their jobs and may never get their jobs back. Frankly, I'm weary of, of the unbelievable political strife and division and, and, and infighting that, that's going on in the country. And I'm not griping or complaining. I've got a pretty good feeling that I'm expressing what a lot of you are feeling. It's just, it's weary. You, it's, it's, you, you get up in the morning and, and, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not a Debbie Downer or anything like that, but it's just being realistic. All of which is to say, I think that's why it's really good that we're going to do what we're doing today. God's timing is perfect. He's never late, never early. He's always on time. And today, for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, if you've already seen this very unusual service, we've done a lot more worship, quote unquote, although all we do is worship, and a lot more music than we normally do. And that's by design. Because when we observe the Lord's Supper, this is the way we do it. It's not being critical of the way other people do it, but when we observe the Lord's Supper, we focus on the supper. It's not a tag on at the end of a service. We don't honestly do it every week. That's not saying that's right or wrong. We just don't do it that way. But when we do it, we make it plain. We are focusing on the supper. So I, I want you to just kind of, would you just put all the weariness and all the concerns and all the issues and all the problems, just put them on the shelf right now. Let's, let's, let's just clean, that, clean the table off. I want you to focus on a passage of Scripture, and if you want to look in your Bibles, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it's the, we're going back about 2,000 years when Jesus instituted something. The disciples didn't quite realize it was going to be different from what they'd done all their life, but he instituted what we now call the Lord's Supper. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this is what we read. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. 
Now, it goes without saying that if, I, if all I did was read that passage, we all could draw one conclusion. According to Paul, taking the Lord's Supper is a big deal. It is not something you do flippantly. It is not something you do fly by night. It's not just something you say, I've done it many times before. I know how it works. Let's do it again. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, we should take it in a certain way if we're going to do it in a way that's honoring and pleasing to the Lord. So I just want to say three very quick things today from what Paul said. And so, by the way, make sure that when you and your family take the Lord's Supper, I hope you have everything ready. I hope you've got your bread ready and your grape juice ready uh, to take the Lord's Supper with us. We're excited about you doing that. But let me just say three things. Number one, Paul said we should take the Lord's Supper correctly. There's a correct way to do it. Here's what he said in verse 27. He said, So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, what did Paul mean by, by saying, you know, don't take it in an unworthy manner? Well, a lot of people think, well, I guess I shouldn't take the Lord's Supper because I'm not worthy to take the Lord's Supper. That's not what Paul said. If, if that were the standard, nobody would take the Lord's Supper because on our own, none of us are worthy to take the Lord's Supper. He didn't say that. He said, don't take it in an unworthy manner. What did he mean? Well, when you go back and look at what was going on, there were several things going on. Here's what he said, number one. If you've got to take the Lord's Supper, first of all, you've got to be right with God. This is the Lord's Supper. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, if you've never been born again, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, if you're not a believer and a follower of Jesus, this supper's not for you. You don't have a place at the table. Now, the good news is you can have one. Everybody's invited to have one. And I'm going to share with you in a little while how you can do that. But we only are to take the Lord's Supper. and We only offer the Lord's Supper to people who are right with God. But you may even be right with God, but you still are not ready to take the Lord's Supper. Because number two, you've got to be right with others. You can't come to the Lord's Supper if you're holding a grudge, if you're bitter, if you've got something against someone. You are not to take the Lord's Supper until you make that right with your brother or your sister or even someone who's not a believer. One of the great things about taking the Lord's Supper, it forces you to examine yourself. It forces you to say, okay, is there anything between me and the Lord? Check. No. Well, wait a minute. Is there anything between me and someone else? If that's true, you got to make that right. And then you've got to be right with yourself. One question you ought to ask yourself right now before you take the Lord's Supper. I did it this morning. Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try, try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. I said, Lord, is there anything, is there any attitude, is there anything that I maybe not even know about? Is there anything that, that, that I need to confess and get right with you? So number one, we should take the Lord's Supper correctly. Number two, we should take the Lord's Supper conscientiously. I mean, we, we really need to be serious. And so here's what he says in verse 29. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now, what does that mean? Don't, don't, you know, don't do it unless you're discerning the body of Christ. Well, there's two things the, word, the, the, the phrase body of Christ could mean. It could mean the actual body that he died in, the physical body, or the spiritual body he died for, the church. So which one does it mean? It means both. And here's what Paul was saying. When you take the Lord's Supper, 
Put your cell phone down. Get off your computer. Get off your iPad. Forget about all the things you've got to do tomorrow. Discern. Focus in on two things. Number one, his body. The body that he gave for us. The body that was crucified on the cross for us so that we can even observe the supper. So we can even have a place at the Lord's table. But then he meant also the corporate body, the church. Keep in mind who you're taking the Lord's Supper with. Keep in mind that this reminds us that we're part of a family. You know, there's an old saying, blood is thicker than water. I got news for you. The spirit is thicker than blood. And our real brothers and sisters are people who know Jesus. Jesus even said that on one occasion. You remember? They said to him, hey, by the way, your, your mother and your brothers, and your, your, they're, they're standing outside. And your sister, he said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Who, who am I? Who's my mother? Who's my brother? Who's my sister? Those who know and do the will of God. That's my family. So we take this conscientiously. We're not just taking it. I know you're in your home, but I want you to imagine that everybody you normally would be with is in your home right now. That's exactly what we're doing. We're to take it conscientiously. We're to take it remembering the Savior that died for us. We're remember, to do it remembering the people that he died for, his family. So we've got to focus on who Jesus was, the Savior, Focus on what Jesus did, gave his body and his blood for us, and focus on why he came so that we could have a place at the table and we could call God our Father. Take the Lord's Supper correctly. We should take the Lord's Supper conscientiously. But then he said we should take the Lord's Supper confidently, confidently. Now, let's go back to verse 23 and listen to what he said. For I received from the Lord... What I also pass to you. Then he talks about how the Lord Jesus on that night, he was betrayed. Well, why did he say that? Paul was not there that night when, he took, when the Lord took the, the supper with those disciples. He didn't know what had happened. But yet he got a firsthand account from who? From Jesus. So wait a minute. Jesus had been crucified. Paul never met the, 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 the crucified Jesus. No, but he had met the risen Jesus. And one of the things I want you to understand is when we take the Lord's Supper, we ought to take it confidently that we serve a risen Lord. Let me, I want you to understand something. If you're an unbeliever, understand this. We, not, we have not come to commemorate a dead Savior. We have come to celebrate a risen Lord. He's alive. He is the one that gave Paul a face-to-face -face interview and said, Hey, Paul, let me tell you what happened on that night. You write this down so you can share it with other people. Because they weren't there either. But we know now exactly what happened on that night. Not just because gospel writers wrote it. Jesus himself said, This is my firsthand account. We confidently do this because we serve a risen Lord. But then Paul said something else in verse 26. He said, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We not only celebrate a risen Lord, we anticipate a returning Savior. A returning Savior. Jesus is coming back. So every single time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, every time, we're reminded, number one, look back to a Savior that died on a cross for our sins but came back from the grave. Look today 
to a Savior that lives in us, that is still in us, that is present every time we meet together. And then look ahead to a Lord that is going to one day return. So, this is what I want us to do. At your home, I hope you'll take your bread and uh, you will break your bread uh, with me. And I have a piece of bread right here. The Bible says that before they took the bread, Jesus blessed the bread. And even now, I ask the risen Lord, Lord, would you bless what we're about to do? Would you honor what we're about to do? Would you sanctify what we're about to do? Because what we're doing, we're going to do it remembering you. We're going to do it celebrating you. We're going to do it worshiping you. Jesus took the bread. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat it, you do it in remembrance of me. And Lord, we will never forget that cross. We will never forget the nails in that cross. We will never forget the body that was nailed to that cross. We will never forget the blood that was shed on that cross. And we thank you for giving your life for us that we might have life in you. And we pray it in your name. And then the scripture says that Jesus took a cup, Passover cup, filled with the fruit of the vine, filled with the grape juice or wine. And he took the cup. And the reason why he took the cup, just as the bread represents his body, the cup represents his blood. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, one of my favorite verses, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, there are some churches, and I'm not knocking them, but there are some churches and denominations that teach that what saves you is being baptized. What saves you is, is getting in some kind of baptismal water or being sprinkled or whatever. Let me tell you this. There's only one liquid that will wash away your sin, and it's not water. The only liquid that will wash away your sin is the blood of Jesus. So the Jesus took the cup on that night, and he blessed it. Just as even now, Lord, I bless this cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, you do it in remembrance of me. And Lord Jesus, words can't even express how thankful we are for the blood that you shed on that cross. There's an old song we used to sing when I was a kid. There's power in the blood. Lord, there was enough power in one drop of your blood to cleanse the whole world from our sins. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our Lord. In your name I pray. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are watching right now. You, you couldn't take the Lord's Supper. And the reason why you couldn't take the Lord's Supper is you didn't have a seat at the table. You're, you're not a believer, or you're not even sure whether you're a believer or not. Here's what I'd love to do for you. Nothing greater will happen on this Labor Day weekend than putting your faith in the one that ended the work of salvation forever. Do you understand what Jesus, you're talking about the ultimate Labor Day celebration? 
Jesus died on the cross and he finished the work of salvation. You don't have to earn your salvation. You can't earn your salvation. You don't have to. It's a gift. It's a free gift that Jesus wants to give you if you will just trust him as your Savior. Accept what he did on that cross. Believe that God raised him from the dead. So I just want to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. I want to give you the opportunity to reserve your place at the table, to get your name on the back of a seat at the table, and to know now for the rest of your life, not only when we take the Lord's Supper, you can take it too, but even better than that, to know that one day when we're at the supper, what we read in the book of Revelation, the marriage supper of the Lamb, you'll have a seat there forever. So if today you would say, and I pray this is what happened. Man, this convicted me. You know, believe it or not, one of the things that I was so happy about when I got saved as a nine-year-old boy, there were two things I, I was so excited about. I was excited about, I was excited about getting baptized. Couldn't wait. I got saved on a Friday night, got baptized on a Sunday night. And I counted the days until we got to the Lord's Supper when for the first time I could take the Lord's Supper. That could be you. If you'll just pray this prayer right now. So if you're saying right now, I want a part at the table. This is the last time I'm going to come to something like this or see something like this. And I got to sit on my hands folded because I'm not invited to the party. Well, you are. And you can be a part of it right now. Pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. You are that Savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive right now. So today I confess my sins. I repent and turn away from my sins. I receive you as my Savior. I surrender to you as my Lord. Thank you for hearing my prayer and saving me today. Now, did you pray that prayer? Yes, I did. If I were to ask you to raise your hand right now, would you raise it? You can do it online right now, by the way. You can do a little, little emoji there. Just raise hand. You can do that right now. Yeah, I did. Okay, here's how I want you to raise your hand today. If you prayed to receive Christ, I want you to either go to crosspointchurch.com forward slash decision. That's kind of the hard way. Easy way is this. Would you just pick up your cell phone right now and just text, yes, Jesus, to 56525. All I need you to do, text yes Jesus to 56525. Let us know that you've trusted Jesus. Two weeks ago, a couple, a married couple in the Philippines, because of an invitation from one of our people that work at our church, Sandy Brewer, a couple in the Philippines gave their life to Christ online because of our service. If you did that, would you please do it right now? Now, We've got one last worship song we want to sing, and I'll be coming back for a closing word that I want you to hear, and then we'll be closing out this day. I do, before I forget it, want to wish you a very blessed, happy Labor Day weekend. hope it's a sweet weekend for you. I do have to thank David and the team. What a great job that our worship team did in leading us in not just worship, but setting up this beautiful time of fellowship and the Lord's Supper together. Let's sing together, and then I'll be back in just a moment.